When you bring that level of love in to balance out the leadership or to balance out the commanding nature or to balance out the coaching through fear, then everybody enjoys those conversations. And I've gone from hating sales to it literally being one of the most joy-filled, amazing, celebratory things that I do in my business. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting-edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Today, I have an incredible individual. She's the author of Now Is Your Chance and working on her second book, Force of Nature. She is the founder of the multi-million dollar brand, Unstoppable Success, creator of the Positive Psychology Coach Academy certification, and she's on a mission to help millions of people change their life through positive psychology and entrepreneurship. So Nick Pigeon is a positive psychologist, high-performance success coach, and a best-selling author. And what we're gonna be focusing on today is actually looking at how do you keep growing your business yet not burning yourself out. See, a lot of us are looking to hustle harder, to get more done, and we might have some big visions, big goals, but how can you do this in a way that you're not going through a sprint, you're really out there to survive the marathon and do it in a way that you can thrive. And I'm so excited to go deeper into this conversation with Nick. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Super excited to be here. Yeah, we're super excited to have you as well. And I wanted to kind of start right there where it's that, you know, a lot of us are setting strong goals. And, you know, particularly in the field, if you're working with positive psychology, I would think that we should be setting like amazing, like nothing's impossible, big goals. But I've often found myself setting goals that are so aggressive that I couldn't feel anything but being paralyzed in the face of it, working, spinning my wheels, and then feeling a bit stuck. And so I wanted to see what is that relationship between setting strong goals, but not feeling so frozen by how impossible they seem. Mm. So I actually teach a little micro framework called Epic Goal Setting. And E is for excited, P is for purposeful, I is for intuitive and C is for committed. Now, the I is really dropping into setting goals that come from your heart rather than goals that are created for you by someone else. So for example, I had a coach that once gave me a big goal and was like, Nick, you can do this, go get it. But because it didn't feel like it was something I had created within myself, then I didn't feel attached or excited about it. So I think that's an important distinction to make first of all. And then I really, really love the power of boundaries. So you can have big goals, but if you're not looking after yourself at the same time along the way, then you're not going to be able to reach the goal. But more importantly, you're not going to be able to enjoy the process along the way. So I see so many people just pushing, pushing, pushing. If it's in a launch, for example, and then getting burnt out before the end of the launch. So they're not able to actually complete what they set out to do. So I really think that slow and steady actually helps you go faster. And we want to make sure that we're here for a long time as well as for a good time. So it's starting to make those choices and decisions that optimize for longevity within yourself and your business, rather than just optimizing for fast cash. 
Well, I'm always appreciative of someone that will put a little Drake lyric in the middle of the podcast. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I also wanted to say that you mentioned something that I almost feel like our call it consultant coaching or success coaching industry might be a little bit to blame on giving a lot of people some high performance goals. And you spoke about how even when you had somebody telling you, you got to push, you can set these great goals and they didn't feel intuitively right or they didn't even feel like they were yours. But it sounds like if you're in this industry, anywhere you look online, you know, you'll go see, you know, someone like Gary Vee, who'll be like, yeah, you got to work harder. And everything you see is almost making you feel like there's nothing you do that's ever enough. But we still want to strive for success. So is there a way to kind of distill between things that are coming from all the different venues that are stealing your attention, telling you to do more versus really knowing that it's coming from you? Mm, I love creating space as a first step and it sounds so basic, but how often do we actually do that for ourselves? So I really love whether it's going for a walk or just giving yourself some space to meditate and really tuning into what is it that feels right for you and what is the why behind it as well. So my background is in positive psychology and I'm a person that has massive goals and I have a lot of strengths that are in strategic and activating and futuristic and thinking about how I can get things done. But one of the things that we've learned from positive psychology is if you know the meaning and the purpose underneath your goal, then you are more likely to be able to reach it. So there's a process that we teach, which is called the hope map or hope mapping. And I literally do this for everything, Jason. So if I've got a personal goal, I'll use the tool. If I've got a business goal, I'll use the tool. And it asks you to work through six specific steps in order to get to where you want to go. And the science studied what happens if you do five of the steps or four of the steps. And they found that you can start towards a goal, but you will not actually reach it because your motivation gets depleted over time. And this is what happens when you're in that start stop roller coaster of running your business. You get excited about a goal, you hustle hard, you go a million miles an hour towards it. Then you start to feel tired or you start to see other people doing better than you. You start to beat yourself up and get down on yourself and say, I'm going too slow. I'm not doing as well as I should be. And over time, that actually depletes your motivation. So this tool, the Hope Map, teaches that you can almost like have scaffolding within your goal mapping process where you get clear on what the pathways are towards the goal, first of all. So there's not just one, there's many different options and ways we can do things. We're then looking at what the obstacles might be. We're looking at how you can overcome the obstacles. So what are the pathways actually through? And then you want to go through and attach things like your meaning and your purpose and your why reason. And then ask yourself, who else do I need to support me on the way to the goal? So that if I do have days where I'm feeling tired or de-energized, then I can either ask for support from someone or I can reconnect with that why reason. And then all of a sudden you'll notice that even if you are feeling depleted or tired, remembering your mission and purpose and why you're going to do it gives you all of the energy in the world. Fantastic. And if I understand this correct, are those what the six steps are? 
in the hope map, yes. So you you walking through actually getting clear on what the goal is you're going to use, first of all. So that's step one. Step number two is creating the pathways towards the goal. Step number three is identifying obstacles or danger zones that might get in the way. Step number four is pathways through the obstacles. Step number five is attaching a why reason. And then step number six is thinking about who can support you. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. We've already got two major frameworks that we can use from this conversation. So thank you for being generous and sharing. So welcome. Those who are listening, okay, so if we go through these frameworks, there's a couple things that can happen. One, if we're using the EPIC model that you shared earlier, we can start becoming a little more clear on what that goal is. Now with this hope map, we can actually go and be more clarified on how that path is going to look like, what struggles we're going to see along the way, who we can see that can support us, as well as why we're even doing it. And I think that gives you such a powerful framework that you're actually clear, and now it makes it more powerful to move forward. Is this something that will vastly reduce the possibility of burnout? Because it seems to me like most of the times that I'd hit burnout was actually when I was like, why am I even doing this? Mm, it's so true, right? And I, you just get that feeling inside of yourself where like I felt honestly like I've wanted to quit sometimes. I'm like, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. It feels like I'm not enjoying it. Like, why am I putting myself through this? So it really helps when you've got that connection to maybe it's a really tangible short term why. Like I have clients who come to me and they say, Nick, I want to make $150,000 because I want to pay for my kids to be able to go to private school. So they've got a short term tangible why reason or it might be something broader and it might be something that's more focused around I want to impact a million people in the world. So it's bigger and it's really energizing for the bigger mission and purpose. But either way, it's creating a motivation that's not just focused on the amount of clients or the amount of products sold or the amount of people that you sign up. And it's got something that's much more purposeful. Does this also affect on the size of the goals that we should be setting? Because... When I can get clear on Epic and then I go through this hope map, there's still this, call it external, maybe it's internal pressure that it's like, hey, if I'm going to build something, it needs to be the biggest, it needs to be huge. And, you know, is there a point when you've done this process that you can say like, hey, I've reached this goal, I've done enough and this is where I want to stay? Or do you always need to be pushing to a goal that's bigger and bigger, which almost seems like a new hamster wheel to be a part of? I don't know what your thoughts are. So I'm really big, actually. So I'm like very alpha and type A in the way that I do things. And I've also learned about the power of energy. So I've learned about the power of the subtle as well as the kind of like black and white, like linear thinking. And I'll always consider when I am getting into launch mode or where I'm mapping out my 2022 goals, I'll be considering what is it going to feel like? when I have that many people in a program. Or let's think about if I go 10x bigger on this launch, how am I gonna actually be able to create the quality of service and deliver with excellence in the way that I'm used to? And I get into almost like the resonance of what it would feel like to create that goal. And then I ask myself the question again and I say, so does it feel light? Does it feel heavy? Is there any work that I need to do within myself in order to feel like energetically expanded enough to receive 
those actual goals. So I think sales has really changed over the years, even the years that I've been working in sales, because it used to be working in a call center and forcing someone to buy something. And now it's much more about relationships and energy and growing in a way that feels really good and maintains that balance and allows you to have the lifestyle that you want and deserve to have. I love it. I mean, you're speaking to the choir on the right podcast here, which kind of brings me to this tangent, which I'd love to hear about what your evolution using sales in your business. I know sales is such an important part in growing the business. Many of us have blocks when it comes to sales. And I'd be curious to know what was your journey to bring you to a place where you get to sell from such a powerful place. Mm, So sales used to be the thing that I hated the most and was the most scared of doing. So I lived in Australia for six months back when I was 18 or 19 years old. And I worked in a call center center where I literally had to phone people and do outbound sales. And I would pick up the phone and I'd feel so awkward and so nervous and I wouldn't want to do it. So it put me off for a long, long time. When I set up my first business, it was actually very automated and there was a lot of drop shipping involved. I had a supplements company. So I kind of started to sell online in a very kind of removed way. It was only when I got more into selling high ticket coaching back in 2015 that I really had to revisit the way that I was approaching my sales process. So I was still in this very call center state of mind where I was thinking that sales was bad or sales was aggressive or sales was convincing. And actually, I've realized that it's none of those things. And all of us get to bring our own style and flair and way of doing things into our sales process. So it feels really, really aligned. I've got another framework for that. So I have a framework that I teach as two that spring to mind from the sales teachings that I do. One is the trust triangle. And that's actually building so much goodwill within your audience that by the time you get into a sales call or by the time someone reads your sales page, it really doesn't need to be a persuasion or a forcing energy. Like our clients will get on the phone with us or they'll even just DM and they'll say, oh, like I've seen you've got this thing, can I buy it? But it's because we've done so much work in sharing valuable content beforehand and then we're committed to delivering with excellence when you get into our programs or buy a product from us. So the whole triangle gets stronger and stronger as you grow. Then when I'm thinking about the actual sales conversation or the time when you are making a promise to solve someone's problem or create a result, I feel like a lot of what I see happening in sales or a lot of the where people get themselves into a pickle or that they're less confident is because they think that it's just the positioning of the program that matters in that sales call. Really, it's about building a relationship and it's doing some digging on why that person really wants and needs this thing right now. Like, what is it that's going on for them? And I always think as well, I'm going to be working with our clients, many of them for years at a time. So you want to invest in the relationship first, whether it is on a call or whether it's in a DM. It's asking questions around what people are excited about right now and digging into that. What's exciting about the vision? And then also, what is it that's not working right now? And when you really honor the relationship and you bring that level of love in to balance out the leadership or to balance out the commanding nature or to balance out the coaching through fear, 
then everybody enjoys those conversations. And I've gone from hating sales to it literally being one of the most joy-filled, amazing, celebratory things that I do in my business. That's incredible. And that's definitely the journey I'm advocating everybody to explore. And there's a couple of things I want to add to it. One is that within your triangle, focusing only on like sales or even particularly closing, I find is similar to saying like, okay, I want to get married. So the best thing I need to work on is exactly how to make a proposal, like how to get on one knee, like it should be the left knee, the right knee, where should you hold the box? How should you open it in the most dramatic way? And if I get this right, then I know I'll be able to get married when it's everything you do before and everything you'll be after that they expect you to be that actually makes a yes happen. And so that's often a story that I share, which brings me to the second point, you know, when you sell, you mentioned that you make promises with your client about where you're going to be taking the journey you'll take them on. And this is something even I've had times where maybe I haven't developed my program enough. Maybe I didn't have enough experience with the promises that I had, where I even had hesitation in selling because it was actually more of a question of the trust that I had in my own way of delivering the solution that I promise. And I know you work a lot with people's beliefs. And so how much is our hesitancy around sales simply about our own beliefs versus how unprepared we really are in fully serving that client? Yeah, I think that what I hear a lot in sales conversations is that people want to charge their worth and they don't know how to do that. So it's the belief of the client who's in, about to invest in themselves, but it's also about the certainty that we're bringing into that process too. And I actually don't think it's true to say that we charge our worth because you're so much more than just that program or just that price tag. So what I actually invite people to do is to uncouple your self-worth from your pricing. And I talk about certainty and I say that like we want to go into these conversations and we want to have full 100% certainty that the thing that we have created is amazing. And I ask, first of all, for you to look at the program and say, okay, what's the result that the program or the offer or the product creates? And what is it you are promising to support someone with? And could you then say, okay, I'm going to give 100% money back guarantee, whether you actually do that or whether it's an energetic hypothetical test that you do for yourself. And if it's a no, if you're like, no, I couldn't do that then you need to go and look at your program or your product and you need to really work backwards from the result and ask yourself, what are the ingredients that I need to put in or take out in order to make sure that person can get the result? Then you've got full certainty in your product or your offer. But what if you're still not certain in the sales process or still not certain on the sales call? Then it's about building more certainty within yourself so that would be by implementing or creating a daily self-belief practice. Now, some people call it a morning ritual. Some people call it personal systems for success. Some people call it daily spiritual practice. But it's finding something that works for you. And you might do it three times a day rather than just in the morning so that you shift your state you're able to really get present in yourself so that when you show up for a call, 
you're clear on what your goals are. Maybe you've done a visualization or a meditation. Maybe you've moved your body and you've shouted out your mantras or what it is you want to create out loud. So you've got a physiological response and anchor that goes along with the psychological shift inside of your thinking so that now you show up on a Zoom call or you go into the sales call and you are so certain that that client on the other end of the phone can borrow your belief because whilst they might trust in your process because you trust in your process, they might not be in a place where they fully trust themselves. So if you can support your clients to trust themselves more by allowing them to borrow your strength and belief in those times where they're like, I'm on the edge of my comfort zone, I don't know whether I want to invest, they can really get through that sales process and they can have a big breakthrough in the sales calls itself to go on to create their dreams. I find a beautiful sales call is very similar to a coaching call. I mean, you're literally leading people towards a better outcome and it's just you inject yourself in the process because you have a solution that'll get them there faster, quicker, less risk, etc. So I absolutely agree with you, Nick. I love the philosophy that you promote. It's definitely cut from the same cloth and I'm excited that we had you on the show today to share so much with our audience here. And so I just want to do a recap for everybody here. We went and learned so many models, starting from goal setting to make sure that we are not going through burnout. We learned the epic model and really making sure that whatever it is that we set as a goal truly comes from us. Even in a world that so many places are stealing our attention, telling us how to do things, we need to take a moment of silence, stepping back, as Nick has mentioned, to really tune in and see how is this goal really what you want. And from there, we went through the hope map, which allows you to even further fortify this goal so that you're well supported in purpose, well supported by who, well supported by the known objections that you're going to be facing as you actually go and pursue that goal. And I really love the fact that we actually took a moment to really clarify that, hey, some of us are going to set big goals, some of us are going to set smaller goals, and whatever that is, is whatever is right for you. And so be confident with that. And finally, we've uh, touched a bit on our sales process and really seeing that the shift is happening across the board. It's no longer just being aggressively outreaching for people. We're really building relationships. This is how sales is being done. Nick has demonstrated that beautifully. And it really becomes a beautiful coaching session where your breakthrough that you provide with the person you're selling to brings them with your product in hand and really solves the problems that they're looking to solve in their life in a powerful way. And of course, since you've developed an amazing product, you should be able to deliver on these promises as well. Nick, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a fantastic conversation and gave so much value to the audience. So thank you so much for sharing so generously. Amazing. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.